This is John Beethan at AlternativeHealthTools.com, the podcast. It's been really easy to title this episode, Natural Healing from Around the World with Tara Tylicky. It's subtitled, Curious Concepts from Around the World, and when words can't describe, amazing will do. At age 15, after experiencing relief from an energy healer for her own health condition, Tara's insatiable curiosity led her to actively study and train for over 16 years, traveling the world, going to such amazing places as Peru, Tibet, Nepal, South Africa, Egypt, Ireland, Mexico, New Zealand, Australia, and even to some more powerful places here in the USA, such as Sedona, Arizona, and the Hawaiian Islands. She's been honored to have studied with Peruvian, Hawaiian, Native American, Amazon, Ecuadorian, Aboriginal, Tibetan, Zulu, and other indigenous medicine people. I stopped being like a 15-year-old girl, and I became someone who just wanted to help everybody. And I had this drive, this burning desire to help all these people. So I started training, and I mean training. So, you know, here you are, you're Today you're a teenager, if that's not hard enough, then you have to deal with surgery and then you're going through all these experiences. And so when I'm not in school, I'm learning and training and growing. And the minute that I finished high school, I'm traveling around the world and I'm studying and learning and um, just all over on six of the seven continents and trained with the indigenous cultures. I also went into more of the medical massage route and I'm an instructor or I help to assist with John Barnes myofascial release. So I met Tara at a small business referral group, which is a referral group business in uh, Carlsbad, California. So Barry insisted that I beat you. He was just like absolutely adamant about it. Yeah, Barry's an awesome person. And yeah, he is. He, he knows a lot of awesome people, doesn't he? Yeah. And as a part of the mastermind with them and yeah. still connected. You're still and, doing it? Um, no, I, I've been so busy with everything. And mm-hmm. I was there because I really enjoyed them all. Yeah. And I didn't need it for my business. I've been really mm-hmm. grateful that I've been doing this so long. And everything has mm-hmm. just worked out beautifully. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm really blessed in that capacity somehow. Mm-hmm. And have wonderful clients and amazing experiences. And so... Um, yeah, we were part of this mastermind group, and we support each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get together, and uh, sometimes there will be someone who comes in and speaks, and we get to learn from them. And sometimes we uh, have someone sit in the middle of the room, and they talk about something they want to uh, grow. And we help mm-hmm. support them all with our wisdom. Mm-hmm. And as Patrick Carney runs the mm-hmm. mastermind, he's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And I just adore him. And he will talk about... Um, how everybody will be in the room with us mm-hmm. that we've ever trained or learned from. And I felt like that here today even. I actually thought of that before you showed up as connecting back to all the teachers and the... How many teachers have you had? So many. I'd yeah. have to sit and think. It's been 17 years. Uh-huh. So. 17 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about how all that unfolded? Well, I grew up in New England, mm-hmm. and I was raised... Um, like, well, my mom was a nurse, 
before Mm -hmm. in Boston area. My dad's a retired Navy captain. He had a command in the Pentagon. He was actually an F-14 Rio. Mm. And so I grew up in the forests of New England and ran around the woods, the ferns. Beautiful. Yeah. And got to ride my horse and all of that. And then everything changed when I was about 15. And I got sick. And um, nothing was making me better. Mm Mm-hmm. And my mom was really frustrated mm. because, you know, we were going all the rather regular allopathic ways. And so she actually decided to consider something else. And a friend of hers went to a hands-on healing training. And so she went to try the training. And, I mean, at this point, they were going to make me even a guinea pig and uh, at the hospital. And Do you uh, want to talk about what you had or is it not relevant? Uh, I mean, it's just, you know... Doesn't surgery, make any yeah. What it did bring though was a lot of learning because I couldn't. I had a um, surgery. I couldn't sit cross-legged because there's a nine-inch scar and stuff. And um, so my mom, though, she had gone, and when she came back, and and I grew up, you know, learning more. Let's say Catholic in that realm. And she said, "I'm going to do this thing on you." And she puts her hands out. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some energy. And I'm like, "What is this?" And so she starts to do this, and. For some reason, I actually felt better, and that was pretty surprising. So I immediately wanted to know what this was. So that's how it started. I went into the first class, the same class my mom took, and we were all sitting around the room, and I'm just learning about something called energy healing and all of these other aspects. And they put someone, this is a little out there, but they put, they imagined someone in the middle of the room who needed to heal that was hurt. He had something going on. And I actually said to the teacher at 15, I'm like, I feel like, did he have a shoulder issue? Did he have surgery here? And I told him, you know, all these things that didn't make sense. He wasn't in the room and we had no knowledge about the person. And she said, you need to be trained because it was all correct. It was all right. So that's what started that process. And then my mom had taken me to someone who does myofascial release. So I've been doing myofascial release for 15 years. 17 years ago, it allowed me to sit cross-legged again. Because I oh, couldn't really? sit cross-legged, yeah. Now, what, you had somebody working on you? Yes, or? I did, yeah. yeah, back in New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And um, at the beginning, it was, it didn't, it didn't feel the greatest, I guess. But over time, I ended up having, um, you know, a really wonderful connection with it. And I stopped being like a 15-year-old girl, and I became someone who just wanted to help everybody. And I had this drive, this burning desire to help all these people. So I started training. And I mean training. So, you know, here you are. You're um, Actually, one of my clients said this earlier today. You're a teenager. If that's not hard enough, then you have to deal with surgery. And then you're going through all these experiences. And so when I'm not in school, I'm learning and training and growing. And the minute that I finished high school, I'm traveling around the world and I'm studying and learning and um, just all over on six of the seven continents and trained with the indigenous cultures. I also went into more of the medical massage route, and I'm an instructor, or I helped to assist with John Barnes' myofascial release, which is what helped me to... Yeah, you have a story about working with John Barnes a little bit, don't you? Uh, Probably uh, a few around... You know, yeah. the experience there, Do you, or is there one specific? One, one, one sort of memory you might have had. Because, you know, I, I became aware of John Barnes and his work, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is like... Powerful. Way, way beyond physical therapy. Yeah. Way, way, way beyond. 
in the intuitive energy healing and all that. Yeah. And as I was mentioning to, to you a little bit ago, I had a client who won five-minute release who uh, had her leg amputated. Mm-hmm. All the nerve paint went away. One five-minute release. Through myofascia? Yes. Myofascia oh my release, yeah. It's that powerful. Yeah. So, so how would you explain that? If, 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 if your client, yeah, if your client said, "How did you do that?" What would you What would you tell them? Well, what happens to the body is that there's repetitive use or trauma, and that mm-hmm. fascia ends up tightening down. So, fascia is a continuous network throughout your whole body, and it surrounds every muscle down to every cell. It's everywhere, mm-hmm. and it should be this beautiful. I call it like a dewy like uh, system, and it should be able to move and have nodal points mm-hmm. uh, that open up, and What ends up happening, actually a great way for people to visualize this if they need to, is if you take a chicken breast and you pull off the skin and there's the whitish clear, really hard layer Mm -hmm, to break, mm -hmm. that's what we're working with. Mm -hmm. So I'm trained in Hawaiian massage and all of that. I stay with a Hawaiian healer and chiropractor. But if you just massage the muscle in the container, you're not Mm -hmm. actually creating a true deep release, even though that is so powerful and it does help. You can open that container up so Mm -hmm. that everything can feel better. So in that particular case, she ended up having um, a nerve that, this is what I don't know, you know, you don't know unless you were really looking at that, but we do know that in one release it opened. So where they amputated her leg, she must have had a nerve that got caught. Mm -hmm. And so when I was there and opening the tissue, um, I kind of glue myself to the tissue. I become like your fascial system. Mm -hmm. And I put in the right direction and the right connection and it and it releases and it's the most profound thing it's something that taught me a lot of patience Mm. because no matter how bad you want the change for them and how much you want them to heal Mm -hmm. you have to wait you have to be present with everything kind of like the right magic needs to be in the air Mm. and as i'm holding on to them it's not just about the tissue it's connecting to them as a whole being Mm -hmm. you're connecting to them on every level now, she's an amazing person, and I adore this woman. Uh, she's still my client here, thankfully. And um, when I work with her, one of the things that she has is she's ready to heal because she has this wonderful outlook on life, and she has such wonderful connections. When I got to meet her family and friends, like I was mentioning at the Turkey Trot, she did the 5K. So it hadn't even been a year, and she did that on an amputated leg. You know, and That's she had her, yeah, her prosthetic leg there. She's just an amazing person. Yeah. So for people listening, I mean, it's really, really subtle, and there's not a lot of pressure. So it requires one to sort of like, doesn't it require you to sort of get in touch with your intuition, your inside? Yes. It. Well, you. And can, there's, I've been told that there's that's where a lot of your gifts are, with the intuition. When you're tapping in, yeah. Yeah. And um, when people come in, they don't have to be connected. It kind of happens naturally. Mm-hmm. When you're present with someone, because I work on animals too, if you're present in the right way, it seems to just open up. Mm-hmm. The deeper that you can go into it, though, the mm-hmm. more powerful it gets. Mm-hmm. How do you go deeper into it? If both of us kind of go at that same level of connection where we drop deeper within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you're deeply within yourself and deeply connected at the same time. And, of course, John Barnes is someone that taught me that. I remember when I was in clinic with him, I was learning in Sedona. And um, I ended up watching him shift. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to actually just leave those earbuds out? Can I? Absolutely. Okay. You can do whatever you want. You're a powerful woman, man. <laughs> there we go. I mean, woman. 
Interesting. Now I can't hear the same feedback, but it's it's good. So um, when I yeah when I was in clinic there with John, mm-hmm. it was just an amazing experience and watching the way that he connects and he connects in such a profound, deep way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that in my brain, I'll just go with where it's going. When I study with the different indigenous cultures or these amazing healers, mm-hmm. I wanted to be around them to feel what that connection was. In fact, I traveled around the world because I wanted to feel where it was at home. Where it was at home. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the technique was. Mm-hmm. So I studied like Bon Buddhism in Nepal and Tibet. Mm-hmm. I was uh, studying with the Quechuan people in Peru, uh, one of the two last Zulu shams in South Africa. And, um, and then, can, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, can you talk about each one of these as being a little bit different? Or the, is it all the same? Very different on the outside, very much the same on the inside. When you travel around, you notice that it's about that same intent that you have, Mm -hmm. that you have to hold. Mm -hmm. It's funny, the more developed I've become, the more that I end up doing less rather than more. As you can see around my office here, right, we have drums and different things. And thank you. I I feel so grateful. We've got this amethyst bed and there's all these other things. So the funny thing is it's really what's happening within the person and within you. Mm-hmm. So there was a 96-year-old shaman that mm-hmm. blew me away in Peru. And he just walked in and you could just feel how sacred he was. That He just showed up around him. He had developed such a relationship with the sacred that it was just there. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to rattle a rattle. He would just show up. He just showed. Yeah, he would show up. And um, Mm. so throughout all these years, I wanted to train extensively physically, emotionally, and spiritually in the things that I found had helped me to heal, to help other people to heal. And... um, they're all connected, as you know. And when people find that that connection is there, that's when the magic really happens, right? It gets. Is really it like a balance between these three things? I believe so. Though there was one teacher who said that balance is like juggling. Mm-hmm. Like there's always one ball in front of you, and the other ones are in the air. So it's a constant mm-hmm. shifting. You're still playing with all of them, just mm-hmm. one main focus sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, another teacher had said that whatever level the issue is created on, that you need to go to a different level to shift it. So if it was on the physical, you go the uh, mental, emotional, or spiritual level. Mm-hmm. If it's on the spiritual, you can go down into the physical, emotional, or mental levels. So uh, what happens when people come in is I find what they need. I listen to them, and I find where they're blocked on what level that that happens on, and then we go in and we start to uncover as much as they're willing to. Some people just come in for relaxation mm-hmm. and some people come in with a specific focus and uh, clients who have serious back issues and they've done amazing. I've had things happen like someone had hair regrow over a 10-year-old scar on her head that every neurosurgeon said wouldn't come back because she had an aneurysm. You're kidding. No, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I have a video testimonial. I have it sitting locked away in my safe. <laughs> I don't know why I don't bring these things out. And I I adore her, too. She was just wonderful. Blew me away. I remember the day that it happened. She ended up, she'd been coming in, and we were just doing a little myofascial release with massage. And one day she came in all excited, and she's like, Tara. And she was just this, like, sweet church-going woman, very quiet. And here she is, like, all excited, and she grabs my hand. And I'm like, what? And she goes, look. And she pulls me to the mirror. She goes, look. And all these little hairs had grown over it. The whole area, which, again, the tissue. And she had three migraines a week, mm-hmm. a week. 
right? Oh, that's a lot. It, it, and she ended up having only one tension headache a year. So how do you explain what you did might have relieved that those migraines? So as we're opening up the tissue, mm-hmm. it's creating um, one square inch can have 2,000 pounds of pressure. So it's like a horse standing in one square inch. So we're opening that up. And as that opens up, then everything else can kind of have the, room to expand. And that's hard to believe. Not that I don't believe it, but I'm imagining somebody out there listening might go, 2,000 pounds of pressure per one square inch, yeah. In your body? Like, yeah, the amount of pressure with the fascia tightening down over a nerve. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. My first client today, she ended up, um, her daughter comes to me and been trying to get her to come in, and she'd mm-hmm. been going to a physical therapist, and I think they said only a 15% improvement. Mm-hmm. She came in, and she could actually lift her arm up after one session. The nerve pain, she even said it today, the nerve pain has never come back since oh. the first session. And so that's opening that tissue up, mm-hmm. and uh, it allows everything to flow freely again underneath there. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty amazing. What would you need me to go into more for you to know that or feel that or believe that? Oh, I feel it and believe it now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It was a a concept before, but for whatever reason, I get it. I get it. Well, that's good. Yeah, I know. I'm open to people finding what they need to explore, basically. Uh You know, Uh I mean, for me, it wasn't I just believed everybody and everything. I had to figure it out. Like, I had to find out and had I had to, to experience, experience it. it. Exactly. Yeah. So that I knew inside myself. And that's why you had to go to these other areas. Yes. Yeah. I needed to find out in person. I wanted to know. I, to be in the outback with the Aborigines and yeah, what did learning you learn from there? the elder. It was more about the, more of the wisdom and the mysticism. I didn't learn as much of an actual technique. Mm-hmm. But I remember even walking around Uluru, Ayers Rock, mm-hmm. if I say that correctly, uh, with... Um, it was actually the elder's wife. And there was a whole other aspect of sensing that connection. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something like when you're with those people, they have such heart. They help you to feel more into. They like amplify that in, inside of you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was a lot of wisdom that I gained from being around them. And there are things that I apply and there's stories. Oh my gosh, the stories, right? The stories, because they are storytellers, aren't they? Yeah, that's it's that was the one thing I didn't really understand were mm-hmm. these stories as they traveled around, right? Mm-hmm. And then you learn about metaphors and how powerful they are. Oh yeah, love metaphor. Yes. They so go, give me an example of a metaphor they might use. A metaphor that I might use. Any type of story, you can actually shift it into a healing map for somebody. Mm-hmm. So when I'm with someone, I trust my unconscious my intuition and something will just come up so i don't know i still go back there so i'll go back there when we're walking around uh uluru with the uh elder's wife we came upon this one area and i actually felt like the um ancestors weren't happy with us there Mm -hmm. i didn't know why i just turned to her and told her and she said you have really good intuition this is actually a very sacred spot here not just the rock itself, which we know, this particular area. And she said, other people need to know about this intuition back in the, in the U.S., different places. And it was funny because I told her I was doing a talk um, about developing your intuition. And I used that same experience, that story, as we talked about it. And one of my clients once said that when I mention about connecting to your intuition, your unconscious mind, they said, well, if I had, uh, 
grown it like you, if I had exercised it like you, kind of like if I had developed a, a muscle that mm-hmm. they would. And that's one of the steps that people can take is to really start to listen to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then the myofascial release aspect with John Barnes of of unwinding as well. There's so mm. many other levels that people can connect in to heal themselves they're not even aware of often. Mm. And they're what is already, there's something that's innate inside of you. You are meant to heal. And so if you just listen, and sometimes it can get really interesting when you're with somebody and you're asking them when they're on the table, you know, what is it that you need to do to heal? I'll be working with them and I'll be removing as many physical blocks as I can. I'll be removing... If they allow me as many uh, mental, emotional blocks, anything that comes up, I'll help to have them clear. So you can do this in any of those three, mental, spiritual, physical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the training that I have. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing process of healing transformation. Yeah. Going back to the Aboriginal. Yeah. I've always wanted to get a little bit more involved in it. Many, many years ago, I saw a film called The Last Wave. Okay. Uh, directed by Peter Weir. I've not seen it or heard of it. Who also did a fabulous fi- uh, film called Fearless with Jeff Bridges. Okay. So the last wave was Richard Chamberlain was in it. Some people listening will know Richard Chamberlain is like Dr. Kildare okay. from years ago. Okay. <laughs> but just to tell a quick story is is that he's he's a he's an attorney that is asked pro bono to defend this particular aborigine that was – um, accused of killing one other. This whole thing unfolds in terms of the story of him, Richard Chamberlain, in the story of all of this. But basically there is this elder, his name's Charlie, and, and, and he goes to meet Charlie and meets Charlie in this apartment, and he walks in the apartment. There's nothing in the apartment except for Charlie on the floor. And he sits down with Charlie, and Charlie starts this chant, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? To bring Richard Chamberlain's character out in terms of trying to flesh out who he is. Anyway, there's this whole mysticism behind it that I'm really fascinated with, including I have heard they believe that this is the dream time. And when we're sleeping, that's the real time. Did you catch any of that? I'm just Mm -hmm. curious. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that... There's so many different layers. Are you looking more for specific with the Aborigine that I had learned yeah, from? Sure. Or? Yeah, whatever. Or just even your thoughts. It, I still go back to the whole connection to it's all the same underneath. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, to the core. So it's interesting because when I went there, it was still about that same connection that you have inside mm-hmm. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was talking around the fire. I actually was helping to break up the firewood while um, he was talking and singing, one mm-hmm. of the Aboriginal elders. And we went to a different place. Um, I had a really amazing thing happen in Australia. It just popped into my head. I would love to share even more about that, but I don't know if I'm the right person, honestly, to really go into depth with that because I would want to be able to hold it in its entirety and understanding things so much to pass that on mm-hmm. as that wisdom. So, Well, that's called integrity, so, yeah. which makes you very unique. Is, there, is this story something you can share, though? The other one, yes. Good. So we were there because there uh, were these – I actually got to – I don't know if you saw over here a picture of the Dalai Lama. No. 
in Australia. Oh, there under courage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I got to place um, a sacred cloth on the altar behind where the Dalai Dalai Lama actually sits, which was amazing before he came out. Yeah. And so we were there, though, to bury this um, urn. Like It had all these sacred objects in it. Mm -hmm. And it was for the healing of the earth. Now, some people might think, oh, that's silly, though it is important to remember the intention because as you're doing that act, it actually allows our unconscious mind to connect into that and Mm -hmm. to help that to happen consciously as well. So we were on Aboriginal land. We ended up going, we switched locations where we were. A whole journey with a tire, even at one point. It was such an interesting, amazing journey. We ended up going in the middle of, of nowhere Aboriginal land, and there's just a road. We're traveling on forever. And we arrive, and we end up doing ceremony hmm. um, high up in the rock. And as we're doing ceremony, it was really amazing because with my own uh, clients, we had done ceremony before to put good intentions in for this. And I had wolves hair even, uh, which is an interesting experience because I had um, a, a feeling some reason that I needed to put wolves hair in. And a week, this is before I had left, a week before that happened, before, I mean, yeah, say a week after I felt that way, mm-hmm. I was out to lunch with someone and a white wolf showed up. A white wolf, Yeah, literally. I have a picture of it. I took a picture with it. And I said to the person I was with, I'm like, look over there. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> that's not a dog. Is that a wolf? And when I pet the wolf, its hair came off in my hand. And I brought this this hair with me to Australia. Before that, my group, we actually put our, like good intentions in it. So it was really funny because when we're in Australia and we're under the full moon, and, I mean, you're in the middle of magic, basically, and I put this wolf's hair into this this uh, sacred like urn that we're going to end up bearing in a sacred place, um, <laughs> someone in our group starts to howl. And so we all jokingly howl under the moon. And five packs of dingo go off around us. You can hear them all lighting up into the, the sky with their sounds. And they're like, do not leave the camp. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Meanwhile, at the bottom of the hill was the Aboriginal elder. And as this is happening, she ends up setting fire to the land. Really? Yes. Intentionally? I have photos of this, too. Intentionally? She, she said that the, um, the buffalo... We're going to, like, she was trying to protect us from that. So mm-hmm. she set fire. And next thing you know, we're all looking down the hill, and there's this huge raging forest fire. And so the head of the group starts screaming down, you know, you know, what's going on? Are we okay? And they yell up, yes. And we're all nervous. And I'm going, what are we going to do? We have to get all these people off the rocks. How are we going to do this? And the fire comes raging up the side under this full moon. And you know all these dingo are out there. So it's it was just the most amazing experience. Sounds a little intense. It was. <laughs> and so as the fire's coming up, right to the rocks, it all of a sudden turned. And there's this huge, huge forest fire that I made a joke for a while I think was still raging on when I came back and I taught the intuition class. Because I don't know what would stop it. You're in Australia. And who's yeah. going to put that out? Aboriginal land and just going to keep on burning. Yeah. And it was really an amazing experience that she was so connected in this wisdom that knew that we would be safe up yeah. in those There's rocks. a knowing. Yeah. Not a belief, yeah. a knowing. Yep. She knew exactly what to do. Yeah. It was amazing. Something that you would think would scare you, and yet right. it was like the exact right thing. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Fun. So there's that, that you were talking about the wisdom there. Yeah. There's just a lot of it in the magic. There is. And um you know, I'm I'm also saddened by the fact that it's not going to be carried through as much as it should be in this world. You know what I mean? It's sad. Let's talk a little bit about that. You just think it won't be passed on? Not as entirety, you know. Mm. I, I understand. Yeah. I feel the same sadness. Yeah. You know, I spent 24 years in New Mexico and spent a lot of time, quite a bit of time with the native culture. And it's like, so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up um, going into, um, I don't know, my brain's not even going into that, but the Navajo Reservation I got to learn as well in that place. And, in Arizona? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you do there? Uh, we went with a group, and we were also learning um, a lot of the wisdom. We were in the canyon, too. Mm. Beautiful, and, huh? Yeah, it was gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. And uh, one of the most beautiful night skies, number one was probably in Tibet. That was gorgeous. And then that one in the canyon and looking up and having like the outline of the canyon wall against the sky it was amazing so we got to learn more of the stories and even had the when they played the flute how it echoed around it was an amazing experience you know it's something that's really interesting that you touched on earlier so i went and trained mm-hmm. with the different in, indigenous cultures and i mm-hmm. let that magic come in on its own kind of you know, mm-hmm. being present with someone if someone chooses if they don't i leave that out there Though I I studied with a psychologist, a medical anthropologist, off and on for about eight years. And somehow he had taken the indigenous wisdom and brought it together with a way that it really connected to our minds in our modern day world. And when I ended up learning that from going around from the indigenous cultures, because if you go to them and they have amazing healing and all that, but your mind's left to wonder and not exactly sure what went on there, right? Mm -hmm. When you combine in this other way of connecting the mind, Mm -hmm. it was so powerful and it was so long lasting. It started Mm -hmm. another flow of energy into learning about the mind. That's how I went from studying the the energy and the physical and then wanting to know more what was in the, the level of the mind. And how that plays such a huge role, even mm-hmm. like you were saying before, the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. The suffering we create by the stories we tell ourselves that we don't even question is whether they're true or not. It's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> that's going to go off and then it's going to go beep, 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 and I don't know where <laughs> it's back there. It's all right. I'm used to having trains go through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, where did you have a train? Uh, at the Thorpe Institute in okay. Lucadia, you okay. know, in the, the conference room there. Well, the train in the train in Encinitas would come by like a couple times during the podcast. Okay, you yeah. know, and I was I was basically trying to go, how am I going to deal with this? You know, and it's just like I, at some point I just told Lisa, I said, you know, you don't have to do a lot, but just say, oh, there goes the train. Yeah, and it's just you can't mask it. There's no way to get her away from it, and it's sort of charming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's like. I don't know if you folks can hear that, but there's this little, oh my gosh, what is it's it? It's going to sell. I don't even know. I forgot about that. We, My clients, when we've been in here, have been like, what is going on? Um, sometimes it shows up when it's been an interesting time in their session. It's kind of funny. 
And I've gone back there looking. I think it's on the other side, on the other wall. This used to be the Judges Mediation Center, and this was the library. Oh, really? We're sitting in the library. Yeah. The Kashyyyk Records. There you go. (laughs) They're they're all in here. You know, I'm probably not going to take, well, I'm not going to take pictures, but man, the energy here is like amazing. Thank you. Look at those credentials. Might want to take those pictures. No. That's only a third of them. That's only a third of them? Yeah. You're kidding. No. One, two, three, four, five, six times three is 18. And you're saying there's three times more? Yeah, I couldn't fit any more without starting to look um, a little too much. So it's wow. been 17 years. <laughs> it's been 17 years. Yeah. I sort of get the feeling you don't stop. No. Now, have you stopped at all? Um, Pretty much has been there. I mean, more my my journey has been about balancing. I uh-huh. mean, I love helping people. Right. And when you start helping people, right. it's the most amazing feeling. And it kept driving me i had to i just had to keep helping people and helping people and helping people and then i reached this point kind of like the same point when i traveled around the world where i felt like it was enough mm-hmm. and yet it's never enough yet mm-hmm. there was that feeling like i could start to focus more on me now mm-hmm. that only happened a few years ago mm-hmm. and after thousands upon thousands of sessions working with people Mm-hmm. It's the most amazing feeling. And when someone's healing and transforming and you are in just as much amazement, like I know it's going to work, but when you see someone's arm lift up when they couldn't lift it before or earlier today, the woman couldn't put her arm behind her back. And at the end of the session, she's like, oh my gosh. And you're like, look at that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and even though you know how it happens, it, it still is just as amazing when you're witnessing that. And all you can do though is be so present and you have to just stay with, what you're doing and what the work is because it's different than anything else. Like you, you have to actually be present to have that transformation. And when you're working with them, there's so many other things happening under my hands mm-hmm. too. As you know, it's bringing in all that energy, all that wisdom, and they're coming in too. Mm-hmm. And as I become more present inside myself, then they become more present inside themselves. Mm-hmm. And we work together towards the goal of whatever it is that they do you ever uh, do you ever have anybody come in that, for lack of a better term, sort of brings in a negative energy? Um, yes, yeah, okay. that definitely can, happens. Can you talk without, of course, using names or anything else about a particular situation like that? Because I'm real curious about that. I like this whole idea of transforming and turning that around. Well, the indigenous culture is that is a huge part of it. Because um, they, because yeah, because they live very close to the earth and they're yes. around danger and. Darkness constantly, right? Yeah, and there can be like lower vibrations and things that Mm -hmm. um, people encounter, and so that that's what they would think disease or diseases is that that vibration of energy. So, so it's a lower vibration. When people come in, it can there can be something that's kind of connected to their field. And I was just talking earlier today. I was part of an international massage and chiropractic team. Mm-hmm. So you worked in celebrities and rock bands and all that. And I would even see backstage. You know, I've never done drugs, mm-hmm. and I don't believe in that, though I know other people do. And I I would see energies attached to these people as they were walking around when they when when you're backstage. You know, a lot of stuff goes on. You can mm-hmm. see. And uh, you can just see the heavy energy feeding mm-hmm. off of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I've been trained by the indigenous cultures, and I mean, I've really worked at this, I can be in that meditative state, that connection and perceive things. So I know it sounds, to me, I can hear that it sounds a little out there because I am also really grounded in you know, the physical work and all of that too. I know you have concerns about talking about the quote-unquote woo-woo. Yeah. 
but there are certain things that are not perceived in our culture that absolutely exist. Yes. There are certain things that science, as it evolves, sort of goes, oh, yeah, I guess that does exist. Um, it used to be, well, anyway, so, yeah, it's not, to me, it's not too woo at all. It's, it's strictly a matter of perception and awareness and, uh, who we really are in terms of how grand we can really be with our perception and our intuition and everything else. And I wanted to also say that I've always had the sense that wisdom is sort of the marriage of intellect and intuition in some sort of balance, and that doesn't mean that uh, you have to have be really bright and have a strong intuition to be really, really wise. Because a lot of these people, they're not. It's very, very simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So as you're talking, you know, I'm dancing with should I tell this or not. Um, I have so many amazing things that have occurred that will blow your mind. And... Um, if I didn't know me, I would wonder, you know, within myself. And these things that occur have been pretty, you know, amazing. I taught myself myofascial release. I did my senior project in high school on myofascial release in animals. And when I went into massage school, they actually asked me to help teach the rest of the group because I already knew it. Mm-hmm. And there was a teacher that was there at the school. And I kept feeling like she needed help. There, I could see there was an energy on her. And um, one day I had this really weird feeling. And I ended up picking up the phone and giving her a call. And I had the most awkward conversation of my life. I didn't even understand what to say to her. And I don't know why. And then after a while, I put the phone down. And then I just kind of went on with my life because I didn't know what else I was supposed to do. I just followed my intuition, like, you need to call her. So the next morning she calls me. She said, how did you know? And I said, how did I know what? She said, I was about to kill myself. Mm. And I said, well, I heard it through the grapevine. I just felt like I needed to call you. And I said to her, you need to get help now, and you need to come in so that I can work on you. So she came in, and she had this really nasty energy on her. Now, at the same time, her family, in her family, they were sick. There was some people who were, you know, I think they had colds or something, but they were sick that way. And when I did this extraction work like I'm trained to do, and we pulled this energy off of her that I feel was causing that. Mm -hmm. Because if you knew her, it doesn't seem like it lines up exactly with what was going on, because they believe this heavy energies can influence. Mm -hmm. The reason why an energy is attached, though, is because your soul needs to heal something, needs to heal a trauma and release it. So as I cleared the energy from her, and she never felt any of that after that, the weird thing was is that her whole family got better. Oh, wow. At the same yeah. time. It was really powerful. It was really powerful. And it shows you, like, the amazing things that can occur. Even when someone has, well, it's, <laughs> we'll go into, <laughs> when someone has energy stuck on them, and I teach about cord cutting. You know, I do phone sessions with people as well, so it's kind of interesting that you can do this work energetically. And you mm-hmm. do coaching work, too, mm-hmm. and all of that together. Um, there was one time, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I was in uh, Park City and I had the best roommate. She was a pediatrician and um, she just had an amazing energy. And 
one day I ended up seeing, because we have our medicine bags, I actually saw something that wasn't very good. <laughs> it was like a, a vision of something that wasn't good in her mason. I asked her if I could look at it further. And uh, I went over to her, her mesa, and I ended up picking up this object. And I said, what is this? And as I did this, I, I picked it up. I could feel this, like, bolt of energy down my arm, and it hurt. It was really interesting. I said, where did you get this? And she said, oh, that's from my ex. And I asked her what had happened, and the person was actually a sorcerer. Oh. It's really interesting. So I went through the process. She hadn't talked to the person in three months, and I cleared her energy, and we cut the cord. And right as I cleared her energy, boom, the phone rang. Like the moment it cleared. And I said, don't you dare pick that up. Because he could feel that. And then the phone call went away. Next thing you know, her daughter calls, so she picks it up. And she's like, mom, so-and-so really needs to talk to you right now. It was really interesting and really powerful knowing that, yeah, that that can be felt. So, And I'm really here to say... um because you don't experience it, I'm talking to other people, because you don't experience it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Um, because you can't measure it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I really get that about you. And that's, that's why, you know, I mean, you haven't, you don't, you don't cap, you, you don't cap yourself, you know. I don't cap myself? You don't cap yourself. Yeah, no, I you, get it. You don't like... <laughs> You know, it's like you have insatiable curiosity, don't you? Pretty much. I want to help people. And yeah. it's like as much as I can learn, anything I can do, I consider it drive, I guess. Yeah. And then you have those physical, it's on all levels. So when someone goes from being suicidal to clearing that, mm-hmm. or someone who, or like the last client in here before he came in was a Scottish Highland thrower, you know, picks up like the trees and they fling them and the whole thing. Yeah, and he sure. grabs the hayville and he flings it. I got to see him um, last June. And when I started working with him, he had something going on and we cleared it. And I remember being there at the competition. And so I said at the end of it, and I go, he did an amazing job. He's amazing. And at the end of it, I said, so how do you feel there? He's like, what do you mean? And I'm, and I'm like, well, how do you feel? And he goes, I didn't even notice it. Oh, my gosh. I remember moments like that because I'll watch for that and they'll forget. And life happens. I know things go on. And that's why it's so wonderful to be able to hold that space for people mm-hmm. and to just find what it is that that they need to heal or transform and to really listen to themselves. Because underneath it all, the intuition will lead you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between fear and intuition, though. Mm-hmm. If you really know and get in touch with that intuition in itself, things can truly transform. Okay. So you've mentioned a couple of times that you teach yes. intuition classes. So mm-hmm. what, what do you, how, do you, how do you teach somebody to have intuition? How well, do you teach someone to be... <laughs> through metaphors, stories, and the actual practice of giving. Sometimes we'll give the actual rites to the indigenous cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So it's developing as a simple exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways you can approach it. It can be through inner child work. You can approach mm-hmm. it on different levels. So it depends on the person. Though if you just give yourself a day and you just say to yourself, I'm going to do whatever it is that my gut tells me to do, mm-hmm. and you follow that, you mm-hmm. start the process of that unraveling and if you let go of what you think needs to happen and you just allow yourself to be present to what might end up happening Mm -hmm. it's an amazing 
process. Like we were talking about earlier when you mentioned the Seaside Center and how um, I said I had gone there and my intuition had me sit next to this one person. And he actually came in as a client and had one of the most amazing healings where his irregular heartbeat disappeared. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't even know if it was possible. I just yeah. said, I'll do my best. I, I'll do whatever I can and approached it with hypnosis, with uh, doing energy work, doing um, mind work, coaching work. Mm-hmm. And and it actually worked. It was really an amazing thing. So he had probably something, some congestion. So uh, he would feel like the, yeah, the heart go off. Yeah. Yeah. So it was something that, you know, you never know. What is going? And I'm, and because remember, I'm raised by a nurse, so I understand and believe in balancing both. I'm not one sure. that just goes off, you know. Right. The end. Yet there are things you cannot explain. There are things happening to people that truly do clear. So they're learning things all the time, mm-hmm. and I love science too. Though there is also this deep, deep mysticism and energy, and there's this, there's just that other thing that you know about that's in there too. Mm-hmm. So. When you're helping someone to heal, it's that approach and connection on every level. And um, even if people come in, though, that, oh, gosh, you know, I remember back when I worked at the wellness center, you don't even have to say it. You don't even have to say it. And I had this little boy. So the mom came in, and she had her husband had died. She's really sad. And um, I didn't even know how that all happened. I was just helping her, and she was doing so well that she wanted to bring her son in. Mm-hmm. The one that was having trouble with it, she had two sons. So they came in um, to the room, and I remember the older son ended up sitting against the door, and she was sitting in the corner chair. And the little boy that was in front of me, I just had him go through the process, so, you know, with him. And he didn't even he didn't even tell me. I said, you don't even have to tell me, you know, what we want to work on today. And I I just had him go through the process of breathing and relaxing and clearing. And as I deeply connected to him, I ended up looking up at the mom, and I had a feeling that the dad was there. And I mouthed her, and I said, he's here. And at that exact moment, a fire truck went by, which where we are in Annapolis, I mean, fire trucks go, but, you know, I'd been there for a while, and that's not, at that moment, found out he was a firefighter. Oh, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's bursting out crying, and I'm like, all right, I have to leave her because I have to focus on this child. And I'm with this child, and, I, and I'm doing what they say is like journeying for him, for his, for his healing. And I ended up seeing water in this boat, and there, there was this whole process of restoring his energy. The father ended up drowning with the son there. Oh, my gosh. And they were out. I think they were fishing, but they were on the boat, and I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. And so the little boy didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I brought the energy back from that experience, and I returned it to him, just like I'm trained to do with the indigenous cultures. And then, boom, everything changed. And she had said about a month later that the counselor had asked if, you know, what they had done because he had been, he had gone through such a powerful shift. Mm-hmm. He was walking home a different way. He was doing things that were different, like he had come back. Mm-hmm. And it was the energy work, and he never even said a word. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he said hello and all of that. He didn't have to go in that. And that's that beauty of how you can even work and help animals, too, is that we have that deep inner sense and knowing that's inside of us. And you just connect to that great wisdom. You listen to it, and you follow it, and all these magical things occur. 
It's pretty amazing. I think people <clears throat> keep themselves way too far away from all that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I spent most of my adult life in Santa Fe. Uh, about five years, I was on 1,500 acres. And to be able to just, like, go out the back door and walk, and, you know, I knew where I was going. I wasn't going to get lost and just keep walking. And then, you know, the coyotes and the birds and the trees and nature and all of it speaks to you. Yes. It's it the does. great balancer. Yeah. Which is partially missing in in so many people's lives. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you define the sacred feminine? So the sacred feminine, if you, you think to me, yeah. yeah, it's definitely an archetypical process. It's an energy that's not the personal. It's mm-hmm. a connection into the greater existence, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's different layers and levels that you can work within that sacred feminine. You know, my mind goes to I help um, young women and young men also to go through rites of passage. So part of that is to connect them into that energy. Mm-hmm. Now, underneath all of this, we have this balance of the masculine and the feminine, right? And the essence of what that feminine nature is, is I think really loving and caring and connected and yet powerful at the same time. And so it's kind of allowing it to be in its whole essence. And um, I guess I need more of like a specific uh, question to focus that more. So for me, I know what that feels like inside because it's a part of embracing, you know, who you are or a part of existence at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has so many different levels and layers, just like within us, you know, we're capable of anything and everything within that sacred feminine. You find that, that there's part of that within you, too. So, yeah, part of it for me is my perception partially of it is, is this notion I've mentioned before, probably on the podcast is this this whole idea, notion of strength in gentility. There's a strength yeah. in the feminine. Yes. You know. It's that power. You know, I love it. I mean, yeah. I you know, I, I love intuition. Intuition to me is more powerful than anything else I know. Yeah. I, I really learned to embrace and connect. That is going to sound kind of interesting, but I belly dance. Oh, great. I love <laughs> belly dancing. Yeah. It, it's That's how I really found that I connected and brought that all together for me uh-huh. was when I got to move within like all aspects of the feminine nature. And um, I also had an amazing story about how I got into belly dancing um, because it wasn't um, – I never performed, but I have done um, the amazing teacher private sessions every week to every other week for five years. Oh, really? Private sessions, yeah. So you can imagine how much of that connection. And yeah. what my teacher taught me, though, was with belly dancing is that they used to clear energy from a room with belly dancing. Really? Yes, there's an energetic, powerful connection. You can dance to help support someone healing, and you can. It's so it's a, it, there's that an intention energy. that's put out, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so that that sacred feminine comes in, and it just fills you up, and it's just this amazing, powerful place. And there's no. It's free of judgment. It really is just feeling your own inner essence, like rushing through you and all Mm -hmm. of that energy. And it's filled with so much beauty and connection and peace. Simultaneously, you have all these things happening at the same time. 
And uh, it's such a powerful place to move from and start to do all of the different, um, I guess, what you're trained to do, the movements and the dance, though it's with the inner intention of what's behind all of that. You know, mm. it's really powerful. So, nice. Yeah. And I, I love the ballroom, too. So You love ballroom, too? Yeah, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty graceful. So do you want a, uh, <clears throat> another question? You ready? Sure. So um, in your life, um, think of one defining moment. Wow, there's been a lot. One defining moment. There, there are so many. Um, I can say that what's coming to mind is coming here to San Diego. Um, broke my heart. I left all my clients back east. Mm -hmm. And my, my practice, I was like booked three months in advance. I was working six days a week. I had this like wonderful, amazing life and all these wonderful clients who I still connect to. And I made the decision to move forward into enjoying it myself as well because even though maryland is um because my dad had the command there so you know 9 11 mm. my dad's you know the plane hit where my dad's unit was and the, all this stuff right and so i got moved down to maryland and uh began the practice so i wasn't in love with the place I was loving the in love with the people and my clients and so making that step and moving towards being there for myself was really hard for me because i wanted to be there for them and they would make comments like, oh, I'm going to drive across because they don't fly, and I'm going to put you in the car and bring you back, and you know, this whole thing. And at first it was really hard, but then as I moved into it and I could feel how I was stepping into something for myself mm -hmm. and how good it felt, and it just mm -hmm. grew from there. And then I ended up developing where I, I can work on both coasts and, of course, with people around the world when you do phone sessions. So it's like I kept moving forward into the place of being connected there for myself. And then everything just came around it to support it. I had to make that step, though. So I know it doesn't seem like, you know, the different situations I've been through, a lot of different surgery and accidents and all these other things. It ended up just being that moment of being there for myself, mm -hmm. I guess. You know, it's it's interesting, I think. For some reason, doing something for myself is one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's, there's a lot of us like that around. Yeah. 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 So in terms of uh, what challenges you the most in terms of if you were going to, you know, like have to release one thing. You were talking about myofascial release. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of releasing yourself, you don't have to talk about it, but is there, is something, there something you would love to let go of? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm big on personal growth. Yeah. And uh, um, I guess that, you know, I was obviously it sounds like I'm so focused on my practice and helping people. Well, I really was. You know, I only started dating about five years ago and I'm 32. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for me, I'm in that process of like being ready to be with the right guy type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so if I had to release anything, it would be whatever is blocking that. So um, is that where you wanted me to go with that? I don't know. Oh, I didn't. I just, no, I didn't want you to go anywhere with it. Okay. Wherever you wanted to go with it. 
Yeah. It was just a question because I'm sort of tapping into a little bit of my intuition too right now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. just sort of following. Can't help it when you're around you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like what I say around the indigenous cultures. They're like tuning forks. I know. I mean, you just can't can't help but feel that. And when you're with somebody else, it's amazing how you'll be more in touch with certain things when you're around that person. I love that. Yeah. And you feel that connection with them, and it's just such an amazing process. And I just, I just love connecting with people and animals too, and having that go on. It's such a beautiful interplay, and and uh, supporting them, and just giving lots of love. Yeah. So we didn't talk too much about the animals. Tell me about a little bit about the animals. What kind of animals are you talking? Horses? Well, I don't cats, do that work as much. Gerbils? Yeah, horses. Yeah, you can do MFR and pretty much anything. And, anything. And uh, well, anything living with the fossil tissue, right? The right. fascia. Um, so I do work with horses some as well. Um, I had my horse for 19 years. So he got a lot of body work. Oh, and, he did. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Did you jump? No, we didn't. We trail rode. Trail rode. Yeah. Uh, Western. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. He is. He is my baby. He was such a good boy. We grew up. Yeah. Unfortunately, we were. He had so much abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had nine homes before I got him. He'd been oh. whipped. He had been stabbed. Oh, He'd geez. been like hit with barrels. This poor guy. And when we saw each other, he was my brother's horse. Oh, when really? When we saw each other, it was like love at first sight. And you couldn't help us being together. And he was nine and I was nine. And he would just love on me. And I would go around even at camp and he would follow me everywhere. I wouldn't have to hold on to him. I'd sit at the picnic table and he would eat a popsicle and I would eat a popsicle. And I'd give him <laughs> apple juice and I would have apple juice. And it was the well, most amazing connection. Sure. And I didn't I know that. that I was different. I didn't know I was different. Like, because you see that in yeah. movies. I had a movie connection with with my horse. And it came from just loving him. He would do whatever I asked. Yeah. Because he had been so abused. And with me just loving him. And so it was really hard to connect to other horses because you had to go into this. If you know horses, it's kind of like the herd. Like, you still have to show that you're in a space of... Um, being the leader. Yes. And uh, my horse, we were just, I would just love on him. I could just pour all this love into him mm-hmm. and I would work on him. And when I would travel, when I'd go away, my dad would, you know, take care of him and he'd say, Tara, he's standing at the door. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm like, Dad, you're supposed to massage him. And I would do tail pulls on him and he used to turn around and crack his back. And whenever I'd come back from a trip, he wouldn't look at me. He, he, oh, really? He wouldn't look at me for two days. He'd go, You left me. <laughs> How could you leave me? And I'd be like, oh, blue. And he's like, nope, nope. And he had a best friend who was a 29-inch miniature donkey because I helped raise over 100 baby animals. So we've had many donkeys, and uh, we had many horses there. So he had 16 miniature donkeys, two mini horses, four big horses. I've helped raise, like, chinchillas and cats, lots of puppies yeah. and uh, yeah. birds. And um, so his best buddy was this 29-inch little miniature donkey the herd sire they had the best relationship though because they both thought they were in charge so my (laughs) horse for the first time was like i'm in charge and the little donkey would pick up sticks and he would hit them he would pick up tires and hit my horse and my horse would just go "Uh, oh oh, we're having a great time what's that you know he could go underneath my horse's feet and he'd get all upset it was it was hilarious and he was like i'm in charge so it was the best connection and they were i wish i videoed them and he used to love on all the baby donkeys and he would even have the cat would come over and he'd lick on the cat you know and and muzzle or nuzzle i should say into the cat he was the most amazing horse yeah and he's not around anymore right no he passed away 
And yeah. uh, I think part of the reason why I'm so, people have said that, that I'm so connected is that I was around so many animals, including him. And you have to learn what they're saying mm-hmm. without actually having the words. I get it. I have a similar experience. When I was 15, I was actually working with, uh, they were caged for the most part. Some were not, but uh, like Japanese macaques, monkeys. Oh, wow. Yeah, rhesus monkeys and uh, prosimians and stuff. I worked at a research center. Okay, I didn't expect monkeys. That's what my yeah, brain went. Yeah, no, it was just like, boy, I had, a, I had the animal connection too. Absolutely wow. loved it. And I think, what was it like? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, you know, you have to be very careful because a lot of these animals have like two and a half inch long fangs. Wow. Yeah, and there was a lot of people that got hurt. I never got hurt just because I would, that's where I think I started to learn how to just feel into an animal, you know, and I never, I never looked them much in the eye, you know, just sort of skirted around, maybe a little bit of that, but not too much. I knew it was threatening to them. Yeah. You know, but, uh, God, I mean, I just don't understand people that hurt animals. I mean, or children, or each other, or themselves, or anyone. Yeah, yeah, right. or themselves. Sad. Yeah, it really is. And there's a lot of hurt going on. Yeah, people hurt themselves a lot in so many different ways. Yeah, and other people. Yeah, yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it is. So, if you had one like one thing that you think everybody in the world needs to know, what would it be? That you're loved. (laughs) That you're loved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and not the love necessarily even of another, though that's there. It's the love, just the energy of the universe. I mean, you're in existence, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you are loved to be into existence. Like You're supposed to be here. And, um, you know, I think that it's one of those things like, oh, I don't need to be loved, or at least for myself, I don't think that. And yet that's what it is underneath there. The key to everything is loving yourself, mm-hmm. right? And loving mm-hmm. other people. If you find the vibration of love, which is separate from hurt or pain or any of that, you find that deeper connection of what that is, it just, well, we all know what that mm-hmm. is. We all know what that feeling is. And if you could separate all the other stuff away from it and just purely feel into that, Mm -hmm. how different would the world be, right? Mm -hmm. To know that you are love, right? That you are that that energy, that essence. I mean, when you're the happiest, Mm -hmm. what do you feel? It may not be love, but there could be something similar in there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it is, right? Ah. What do you feel when you're happy? Self-love. Good. That's great. What does that feel like in self-love? What does that feel like? Um... I feel energized, um, youthful. I mean, I don't, I don't feel my age at all, and it's, and I feel less my age when I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, feeling into your essence. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that uh, makes me feel better and younger—it's not younger, but it's just, you know, self-love is like music, and anything having to do with vibration. It can be light. It can be music. It can be a person. Yeah. Um, it can be something so fine, like something beautiful. Yeah. And tuning into that energy, that makes me really, really happy. Love that lamp, by the way. Oh, thanks. It's got a story, <laughs> doesn't it? Everything in here does. Yeah. It was a journey. I love treasure hunting. Oh, yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And having all the pieces come together. Like I, I had a vision of that cabinet behind you, and it showed up, and I went and got it and painted it. 
Yeah. yeah. Everything, yeah. I believe everything having a meaning. I I can't seem to have anything that doesn't have meaning. <laughs> and um, it's funny. I'll talk to people and I'll say, what does that remind you of? And they go, oh, I don't know. And there's it's funny because underneath it, there is a feeling. There is a story. And it's yeah. whether or not they choose to tap into whatever that is. Yeah. I get the impression that there's an intention behind everything in here. It's an unconscious intention, yes. Unconscious. Yes. You just... From the unconscious. Yeah. Well, wanting people to feel safe, mm-hmm. loved. It was also, so if I put everything around me that makes me feel enjoyment and love and, and you know, traveling the world mm-hmm. and all the different places, Machu Picchu and Tibet and all the different places, when I'm looking around in this room, when I'm working on somebody, all that wonderful energy is also present mm-hmm. within me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's... It was just, I had it all come together in an unconscious way, you know, to be there for them with that underlying feeling of wanting them to feel safe and supported and loved and knowing that they can heal. Because if they don't feel any of those things, they're not going to let go into it. They're not going to move forward in it. They need to know underneath it all that they're safe and that I have their back. You know, that's, mm-hmm. I think then. The uh, captain's daughter and me, I've got your back. I've got your back, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because I did that whole thing too, right? Went, yeah. went that route. You know, I was part of the National Junior Rifle Team when I was younger. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. How so. was that? What was that like? It was interesting. I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh-huh. You'd be able to shoot it. It was funny. We just went to the range, uh, my dad and I, about a week or so ago. Yeah. And he was saying... I don't know if Dad would like me to say this, but I was shooting uh, better than he was with with my old gun that I would shoot, and uh, but he's amazing. Like he pulls out like the you know all his other ninety millimeter, all these other, you know. My dad shows up and you know retired yeah. Navy captain. With his and arsenal. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> and I have so much fun just grouping shots. So I have this developed kind of uh, tomboy, like the inner masculine, and then I have very much feminine as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love being able to have that balance mm-hmm. because there's also that inner strength that I, I will protect you. You know what I mean? I have that inside mm-hmm. of me and I, I think it's important you. for people to feel that too. So it's the nurturing and it's the protection. It's, it's all of it, you mm-hmm. know, there for, for someone in their healing. Mm-hmm. So, That's nice. Yeah. So there's a lot of reason for people to come and, uh, see you. Mainly to, let's just, let's, why don't you just go around the room? You don't have to necessarily tell the story, but there's this huge crystal uh, over The here. Amethyst Cathedral, yes. The Amethyst Cathedral. Okay, so. How tall is it? Why don't you describe it? Oh, gosh, what is that? Three and a half feet, do you think? Yep, three and a half feet, easy. It's pretty heavy, too. It's a beautiful um, Amethyst Cathedral I actually mm-hmm. got at the Tucson Gem Show. show. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Dad, my I've dad's been there amazing. a couple times. So I've actually, uh, I had a Valentine's Day where I broke up with somebody. Mm-hmm. And my dad is so awesome. He goes, guess where we're going to go for Valentine's Day? <laughs> and I said, what? And he said, um, and, and it's kind of funny because even though I did the breaking up, it's still that whole, like, you want to find the right person. And I'm sure. still new to this, this whole thing. So my dad, though, said, let's go to the gem show we've always talked about. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so we so drove the, the all two, the way there. The Tucson Gem Show. Yeah, and I took my dad because I paid for every. I was like, if he's going to be there, I was paying. So I, I took him to the Polish uh, cottage. Oh, we're part Polish. You know, um, 
on that side, we actually have a Polish prophetess in her family. Oh, this, I want to hear all about this. <laughs> she actually has her prophecies written in a book of Poland. Really? And it's in an ancient Polish dialect. My dad showed me the book, and he's actually so sweet. For my Christmas gift last year, it got a little delayed, but he's translating it. He's trying to because he couldn't find someone to translate it. We had also uh, Bishop Peter Tylicki, who obviously was a bishop, and then there was a taster for the king. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's just amazing that we have this prophetess in the family. On my mom's side, our family came over in the Mayflower from the founding families um, in New England. So it's this really interesting mix, and a lot of Irish in there too. So the the Polish cottage was huge to be there with my dad, and we uh, we had such we had these. <laughs> it was really cute. I had this little baby cup, and he had this big cup, and we cheers to uh, Valentine's Day. And I'm really grateful that I've had such a great map of an amazing man, you know, to to have there. Okay. And yeah, and so that that actual cathedral. I was there, and I was across the way, and I just saw it. And there's so many Amethyst cathedrals in Tucson that were kind of the same. And this one was different. And I, it, it, one of my clients said it looks like a hobbit hole. Like a hobbit. It does. It does. And I've been to New Zealand, which is my favorite place. And New Zealand is. I've oh, heard that gosh. from so many different yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the hobbit right there. Yes. The, yeah. The place. So that just spoke to me because I love things that are unique. Mm-hmm. And I love things that have a story, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just, it has such great energy. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's how that got there. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that came from Natural Healing Wellness Center. And what is it? Um, it's the chakras. It's the banner of the chakras. I wanted, I wanted them to feel as they were leaving in alignment unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that just allows you to see kind of a map of what we consider would be healthy chakras, you know, though a lot of the times I'm not talking about these things to people. Like a lot of my clients who are listening to to this, they're not going to even know that I have all of this. Some of them just come in for back surgery Mm -hmm. or things like that to release Mm -hmm. the pain. And I've had people have amazing things that would blow you away. It's, it's pretty awesome. What else in the room is like, uh, the salt lamp, that salt lamp. Yeah. It's pretty big size one. So the salt lamp, it's actually really good for you. It's funny how um, one of my clients didn't even know that recently. Still oh, really? has regular salt. So negative ions as it heats up are coming out. It's the same feeling you have when you're along the ocean or in the mountains. Mm-hmm. It's the negative mm-hmm. ions. Positive mm-hmm. ions aren't good for mm-hmm. us. Negative ions are. Right, right. You know, I went to a salt uh, cave yes. recently. You, you would text me. Yes. Tell yeah. me about that. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Where was it? It was up in... Um, it was like Irvine area. Yeah. So that place was the OC Salt Therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he's okay with letting me share that. Um, and he had the salt therapy for his son mm-hmm. who helped cure. And uh, I treated a friend and we were in there. We had an amazing experience where there's salt all along all the walls and on the floor. And you sit back in these zero gravity chairs and salt is pumped into the room. And you could even feel my friend who... Uh, didn't know what to expect, even said after. We could both feel our breathing. You could actually mm. feel, it's almost like you could feel into your lungs and you could feel uh, your breathing and how much better you felt. And it lasted for a while and we were covered in salt. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real uh, fun, amazing experience. I love doing unique things. Like this sure. weekend I'll be camel riding. Camel riding? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to be doing camel riding? Out um, near Julian, there's a place. Oh, really? Yeah. And I had... 
the most amazing camel ride in Egypt a long time ago when I was training there. And I had this camel that, um, I don't know why they gave me the biggest camel, but he liked me. Mm-hmm. And the, he was like going at them, putting his ears back and all that. But when I when I sat on him, he would bring his head around and tuck his ears back and have me pet him. It was really amazing. And we went behind the pyramids and we went and actually meditated in this there was like this cavern in the ground. It was a powerful experience. But that camel had such a great personality. He did not want to be at the back of the whole kind of little caravan we had there. He would slow himself down no matter how much they were pushing him to move forward until he became the head of the group and then he would move forward. It was hilarious. And I'm just like, we're going for a ride. <laughs> so there's the the camel uh, farm up there. I'm excited to visit. I've never been and I made a new friend recently, and I just, uh, we had this connection when we met that you just sit in just like this, right? And we just get absorbed, and, and just everything else disappears, and you just have so much fun and connect. And so I was going to write him, and he wrote me at the exact same time, you know, wanting to get together. And I said, all right, do you want to go camel riding? Do you want to go crystal digging? Which on Sunday, they have an event at Paula where they're going to blast music. This one person has, and you get to dig for crystals. You could find a $1,000 singing crystal in there. Where? Um, it's in Pala area. Oh, okay. There's like a there's a mine that you can go to. Yeah. And there's an event that this person, Michael, I don't know his information enough to give you, though he's going to be playing music. Mm-hmm. I said, yep, so camel riding, crystal digging, or do you want to go to the full moon at Trilogy where they do the fire dancing and acro yoga? And he's like, camel riding. And I said, okay, great. And I said, do you want to go to uh, Julian or go through um, consignment stores in Ramona? Because I like treasure hunting. And he remembered that. And he goes, I want to treasure hunt. He goes, I'm there for the whole thing. I'm in. All right. <laughs> like, see you at noon? He's like, yes. So it's going to be a fun Oh, it sounds like you're going to have a great weekend. Yeah, I love having adventures. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do around here. You know? Oh, I know. There's yeah. a lot. I, there's, I haven't <clears throat> haven't really explored as much as I expect to, but there is a lot to do here. Yeah, absolutely. And then Torrey Pines. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, tell me about Torrey Pines. And part of the reason I ask is I've been there, tried to – for some reason I just – I didn't get to the right place there. What is, what is with Torrey Pines and how do you get to the entrance that amazes everyone? So it's actually a little bit of a journey in from where mm-hmm. I go um, to get up there. It's right down the street, as you know. Yes. So one of the reasons I love being here, too, it just brought me, the place brought me here, and I mm-hmm. love the cliffs. So you can park where they have um, the parking by the beach. You can see there's a lot of places to park on the way. So you just go in park. there as normal. <laughs> You go up the hill, right, and you follow the beach trail. Okay. So you go all the way up. So it's a little bit, a little intense. It's a walk, but it's a little bit of a... Good. I like it. Yeah. That gets your heart going. And then as you get up to the top of the beach trail, when you come down, it's just, it's so easy and so beautiful. You're just going along the trail, and it's just amazing view after amazing view and you see all the cliffs and the I just love the energy there and that place has been really special for me because it's been hard when you know like my dad when he went through um, chemo and radiation and I dropped him off actually there at uh, the radiation or at the excuse me at the chemo I would go on Tori before I'd come here to work on my clients because I'm a big believer in clearing my energy Mm -hmm. and doing your own work Mm -hmm. And when I went there, this was a really interesting day because 
as I'm walking, when I get down to the beach, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really feeling within myself. And, you know, you have to feel those feelings sometimes that really hurt and oh, sure. concerned for my dad and all of this. And I pick up a rock by the water. And as I pick it up, it actually crumbles in my hand, which I've never had happen. You know, I've been around, yeah, we all know. Right? Yeah. So I start walking a bit more and thinking about that. I'm like, that's really interesting. I pick up another rock and it crumbles in my hand. So I stopped and I'm like, I need to sit with this. I need to meditate with this. So I look over to the side and there's this rock and I go and I sit on the rock and I start to meditate. And all of a sudden I feel drawn after a little bit. I'm just going in and feeling what's present. I feel drawn to open my eyes and there's this bird and I look up at the bird and the bird comes across. And as I drop my vision back down to the sand right in front of me and I can show you a picture of this there's a face in the rock so I go over to it and I I hear my dad's voice and and he goes you know all these things that you have happen you take a photo like I'll mention something and I won't I don't need to to show other people I guess so I don't take a photo because you need to take a photo so I pull out the camera people are looking at me because like I'm doing a selfie with a rock (laughs) A and I'm taking, I'm taking this picture, and I touch its cheek, uh-huh. and it crumbles. So I took this photo, and I put it on Facebook, and all my clients, you know, they're like, oh, what a great story, because I wrote about what had happened. And it was really thinking about how things change, and something that could, for me, it was like something that can bother you, you can just let it crumble. Something like a rock, it seems like it can't, mm-hmm. like it's so hard that it's not going to ever mm-hmm. disappear, it's crumbling now. You know, and I've been there many times since, and I've never had any of those rocks I pick up again. And, you know, I have, I went back looking for that face, and it was, you could barely see that it was there. I don't know if someone carved it, or I don't know if it was just the sand that shifted. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing thing. So Mm -hmm. the energy around there. um, So what meaning do you give it? To Tori or to? To the crumbling rock. It was that whole thing, the thing that you think won't release can mm-hmm. still release and almost feeling okay with that. And mm-hmm. I had to just really accept it. Now, at that time, we didn't know, but he did clear. Mm-hmm. I thank God, thank you, God, and thank you all the people that prayed because my dad, you know, cleared that. And it was amazing. <laughs> and through that process, the hospital actually saw what I had helped my dad with, and they approached me and wanted me to come in and start training and things like that. So we'll see how all that develops, though. I'm living my dream, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a great place. So I highly encourage you going there. And, no, or I'll go, go with me. I'll go with you because I, I love it. I love it. So it's amazing. And the energy, it's the same thing, though. When you're there, you just want to drop deeper inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe even thinking about being in your core, your belly, mm-hmm. and feeling from that different level of engagement mm-hmm. with the world. Mm-hmm. And how does that feel to you? Mm-hmm. And magic happens all around us, and we sometimes are just moving so fast that we don't see it. Yeah. 